Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Leslie and I are going to minister in Honduras for 10 days and thank you for your prayers, not only protection, but that God will be with us and use us in ministering to the people. So our absence is going to be your blessing. So over 20 years, we made 130 guest speakers in to make speaking tours for them. And they made 330 DVDs, most of which are available at WatchProphecyClub.com. So what we're going to do today is play about 30 minutes of one of those DVDs. And what we think are probably the top 10 or 11 DVDs that we've made. And so you're going to get a real treat. These are really good. And you can go and watch all of them at WatchProphecyClub.com. And I... Uh, think if you'll go and check there. We, we, here, here, let me just explain. So Prophecy Club started in 1993. 130 guest speakers, 330 recordings. You can watch them all at watchprophecyclub.com. We sponsored them on speaking tours anywhere from 10 to, at one time, we were having 40 meetings a month. Though no, I did run all of them. And uh, at one time, we had three different tours going with three different speakers. So we were... Uh, at one time, we had about 5,000 people typically every month attending our meetings. And in those days, this was before there were other large prophecy ministries. I think at the time we were the number two prophecy ministry in America, second only in those days to Jack Van Impey. Uh, what we've done is chosen 11, me and the staff, chosen 11 of what we think are the best recordings over the last 20 years. So we're going to be playing 30 minutes out of each one of those recordings. Most of them are two-and-a-half-hour recordings. Some of them are doubles, which would be five hours. Normally, we offered them for $30 per DVD. And yes, if you want to go to prophecyclub.com, you can still get the DVD. And we are offering uh, all 11 of these recordings on DVD for a gift of $100. You can get that at prophecyclub.com. Now let's talk about Watch Prophecy Club. So all of these are put up so you can watch them. And, by the way, we now have an app so you can watch them easily. You can go to Prophecy Club and you can watch the Prophecy Club. Or you can go to Watch Prophecy Club. You can go and watch all of these DVDs. Or you can download our app. And the way the app works is that you can be watching a DVD. And then if you get a phone call, it pauses it. When it's done, it starts playing again. Introducing the Watch Prophecy Club app now available for your Android and iOS devices. Watch Prophecy Club is your exclusive home for the last 30 plus years of the best in Bible prophecy and end times information from the Prophecy Club. This app features over 100 speakers and 23 categories of Prophecy Club titles since the beginning. We are also excited to announce an integrated community feature where you can interact with other believers and Bible prophecy students. Choose either a monthly or annual subscription with a three-day free trial. Cancel anytime. So let's back up and talk about Watch Prophecy Club. It's $20 a month. There's no commitment. You can stop anytime you want to. Or $200 a year. But if you'll put in TPC 2023 right there, you'll get the first month free, meaning you can watch all 11 of these for free, as long as you did it the first month. And if you put in TPC 2023Y, 20, 
you get a one-year plan for $180. You get $20 off. That's a really good deal. <laughs> Never thought it'd be such a good deal. Anyway, normally $30 each, but you can get all 11 of these recordings for a gift of $100. Prophecyclub.com for that. If you want to watch them instantly, you go to watchprophecyclub.com, or the best way is simply download our app. You just go to the App Store, and it's either Apple or Android, and you can download the app, and that is probably the easiest, fastest way, most convenient way to, to watch them. All right, now, let me explain about the meetings. Typically, we would have anywhere from about 100 to the maximum we had at one meeting, which was Dimitri Dudeman. We had 1,000 people at one of his meetings. And so we would have them in a television studio where we could make you nice recordings, nice professional recordings, at least professional compared to those days. Now, we do a much better job today. And today's speaker is going to be Gail Ripplinger. She made a DVD called New Age Bible Versions. You can watch the whole thing at WatchProphecyClub.com. This was recorded in August of 1996. Now, at the time, there was a big question whether King James was still the accurate version. They were just then coming out with the NIV and some of the other perversions, perverted versions. And so she wrote a book that still to this day is the classic. It is probably the book that defines which Bible is the one we should really be reading, which one's accurate. Gail Ripplinger's exhaustive six-year collation of new Bible versions, her underlying Greek, their underlying lying Greek, Greek manuscripts, editions, and editors is culminated by this video. It objectively and methodically documents their hidden alliance with New Age Movement's One World Religion. The emerging new Christianity, with its substitution of riches for righteousness, a crown for a cross, and an invitation for a new creation in new visions. Gale exposes editors in agreement with Luciferians, occultists, and the New Age philosophy in such places as mental institutions, seance parlors, prison cells, courtrooms for heresy trials, and most shocking of all, denying that salvation is through faith in Jesus Christ. Awesome, awesome talk. New Age Bible Versions on WatchProphecyClub.com, recorded August 1996. Let's go watch Gail Ripplinger. Welcome to the Prophecy Club, where we study and research Bible prophecy. You know, the Bible prophecy or Bible says that in the last days, God will send a strong delusion. Matthew 24, Jesus speaking, said that there would be many deceptions. And in these days, we have to know the truth. We have to know which specifically Bible version is the correct one. Which one is the Word of God? Our topic tonight is New Age Bible Versions. Our speaker was a college professor for 10 years. She spent six years, about eight hours a day, researching the scriptures and collating the major Bible versions so that she could bring to you the most accurate version. Will you help me welcome Gail Ripplinger. Day. And you know, the Bible is our final authority in all matters of faith and practice. Uh, Jesus said in John 17, Thy word is truth. Now, if the father of lies is in opposition to the truth, 
uh, we know he is going to be in opposition to the Word of God. And there are four specific things that we know about the Word of God. Number one, we know that it's inspired. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Number two, we know that the Word of God is pure. Um, Psalm 119 says, Thy word is very pure. Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, Every word of God is pure. So we know that it's very pure, and we know that the purity extends to every word. The third thing we know is that it's preserved. Not only did God inspire the scriptures, he preserved them. Psalm 12, verse 6 and 7 says, um, The words of the Lord are pure words. Thou shalt keep them. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. It says thou, meaning God, will preserve them, not man. So God has promised to preserve his word. And just as he preserves this earth and he preserves our very breath today, he has preserved his word. The last thing that we know about the word of God is that we're forbidden to alter it. The Bible says in Revelation that if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues which are written in this book. We've often wondered why they have the plagues during the tribulation. And it's because people have added to the word of God. And this evening I'll be talking to you about how they plan to add to the word of God. But he also said, if any man shall take away from the words of the prophecy of this book, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and out of the things which are written in this book. So those four things are very important. Now that last thing that I mentioned, that we're forbidden to take things away from the word of God, I'd like to show you a page full of Bible verses. The Bible verses you're looking at here, 17 entire Bible verses, have been entirely omitted from the New International Version. And so if you were at a Bible study and someone said, let's turn to Matthew 17, 21, if you were using a New International Version, you wouldn't have Matthew 17, 21. Um, if someone said, let's turn to John, 1 John 5, 7, um, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one, that verse would not be in the New International Version. So these 15 verses are omitted. So immediately the warning light goes up that someone has taken away something from the Word of God. Now, um, the weapon that God uses is his Bible. Uh, the Bible said the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And I believe that um, the authorized King James Version, from my research, has proven to be the very Word of God. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, The weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Okay, now, if the only offensive weapon that God gave us in the book of Ephesians that talks about the whole armor of God is the sword, all right, which is the Word of God. All of the other... Uh, armor and all that sort of thing is defensive. And can't you just imagine that if that sword is for the pulling down of strongholds, that Satan would not want his strongholds pulled down. So he has had a campaign since Genesis chapter 3 to pull down the strongholds. Now, looking at um, the King James Version on the right, and the NIV and the NASB versions on the left, you will see 
For example, in Matthew 17, 21, the King James Bible says, This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Okay? Now, this kind would be a devil. That would be a stronghold that the Word of God could pull down. All right? Now, as we look in the NIV and the NASB, and in most modern translations, that verse has been entirely omitted. Okay? Can you see where the scripture that said, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word is being fulfilled right before your very eyes. In other words, if prayer and fasting facilitate taking down, God's, taking down the devil's strongholds, the devil doesn't want us to know about that power, so he's not going to let us know that. It won't be in that Bible version. You will see 2 Corinthians 6, 5, fastings is omitted. 2 Corinthians 11:27 fasting is omitted again Mark 9:29 this kind cometh forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting omitted again the fasting part um, 1 Corinthians 7 the fasting is omitted again um, okay if the sword is the word and that is our weapon you will see that the word is also omitted from the new versions uh, Luke chapter 4 verse 4 the King James Bible says that Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. There's our sword. Okay. The new versions say man shall not live by bread alone. They have omitted the sword. So I imagine the devil is very, very happy that he has done this. Now, if we look back, Genesis chapter 3, we will see that Satan's first attack was on the word of God. The very first question introduced to the Bible was by Satan, the serpent, and that question was, yea, hath God said? So his first point of attack is the word of God. Hath God said, but by prayer and fasting. Okay, his point of attack being the word of God, his method was subtlety. The Bible says the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. So we know that his major attack is going to be, number one, on the word of God. And number two, it's going to be a subtle attack. Okay, and we can see this happening in these new Bible versions today. Now, um, I want to show you a, a discovery that's been made that's very, very recent, and I think it's rather exciting. Uh, there's a journal called the Journal of the Royal Statistical Society. And there's another journal called Statistical Science. These are journals of mathematical statisticians. And we're either you or I to look at one of these journals, we would probably tend to read them upside down because they're full of uh, very complex mathematical formulas that the average person wouldn't understand. But in order to have an article published in one of these journals, it must be juried. And this particular article that I'm going to be telling you about was called Equidistant Letter Sequence in the Book of Genesis. And several Hebrew scholars took the Book of Genesis... There, there's the magazine that it's in if you need to write down the name of the uh, dates. But they took the book of Genesis and using a computer, they discovered equidistant letter sequences. They found embedded in the text of the Hebrew Bible the names of people, number one, and not people that like Moses and that sort of thing, but people who lived in the 1900s. It included not only their names, but the day they were born, the day they died, and the cities they were born and died in. Now, these were in the Hebrew text, not you know, written straight 
out, but they were equidistant letter sequences. In other words, like every third letter would spell their name, or every fourth letter, or something like this. It could be across, down, diagonally, and only a computer could, could pull all of this information out. The men that they found, the names of the people that they found, were people that lived in the 5th century, 6th century, 10th century, 19th century. Now the Bible says in the book of Revelations, this book, the book of life. And I, I wondered after I saw this article, I wondered if when people are removing these things, if in fact they are removing their own names from the book of life. Because he said if you will take from the words of the prophecy of this book, God will take your part out of the book of life. And so it may be that our names are written in the Bible. And the day we're born, the day we die, and the city we're born and died in. And he, it, it could be the very Lamb's book of life itself. You know, The Bible says that Jehoiakim in the Old Testament begat Jaconias. And that's an obscure kind of fact that most people don't know. But when you read the book of Matthew, it said Josiah begat Jaconias. And that would appear to be a contradiction. But what God did is he took Jehoiakim's name out of the Bible because Jehoiakim in, in Jeremiah chapter 36 cut the prophecy of Jeremiah. He destroyed it. And so God took his name out of the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1. So uh, God will do what he says he will do. Now, two Harvard and two Yale mathematicians took this statistical science article and evaluated it. And they said the chances of this happening are 1 in 50 quadrillion. And these two unsaved, or four unsaved scholars said, quote, the phenomena cannot be attributed to anything within the known physical universe. They were astonished. And um, I think it's very exciting to know that we have the very words of God. He said, the words that I've spoken unto you, the same will judge you in the last day. And if God's going to judge us by those very words, he must give us each and every single word. Now there's an interesting sidelight to what's happened here in this research in statistical science. And that is, the Hebrew text that they used here is the Hebrew text called the Ben-Hahim Rabbinic Bible that underlies the King James Version. All right? They tried the same mathematical analysis with the Samaritan Pentateuch, and it didn't work. Um, it does not work with the manuscripts underlying the New International Version, the New American Standard Version, the Living Bible, Good News for Modern Man, Contemporary English Version. It doesn't work with that Hebrew text. That is a different Hebrew text. It's called the Stuttgart Edition, and it's a corrupt edition that was created around the turn of the century by a gentleman named Rudolf Kittel. Now, Rudolf Kittel, when you look his name up in the um, uh, Jewish Encyclopedia, you will find that he is, number one, anti-Semitic, and number two, has contributions in his writings from the Hellenistic mystery religions. And so for those people who knew him at that time, um, he, he appeared to be an anti-Semitic person in his writings, and so the Jewish people have never accepted his Hebrew translation. However, when you go into a Christian bookstore today, what you will find is that Hebrew text underlying the NIV and the NASB and these modern translations. And that's very much in part why they are so different. But I can't imagine God using an anti-Semitic person. As a matter of fact, Rudolf Kittel's son Gerhard um, was tried and convicted of war crimes 
uh, in the slaughter of uh, the Jewish people. He was Hitler's high priest, and he created slanderous propaganda against the Jewish people. So his whole family had been anti-Semitic. And fortunately, the King James Bible does not use that Hebrew text. Okay, now part of the reason I wrote um, the book New Age Bible Versions, this is the book I wrote. And I spent six years collating the modern translations of the Bible. Uh, years ago, I was not a staunch King James believer. As a matter of fact, when I would write letters to my mother, I would change the Bible anytime I wanted to. I really didn't, wasn't educated about the subject, and I was a young Christian. And, but I found that the young ladies who would come into my office at the university, I was a professor, and they knew I was a Christian, and when they had emotional problems, they would come into my office and cry, and I would show them a verse in the Bible or something to help them feel better. And I noticed that those who were using the modern translations seemed to be unstable, emotionally depressed, anxious, all those sorts of things. And it made me stop to think perhaps that's why psychology has moved into the church because of some of the problems these versions have caused. But as I was collating those translations, um, impeded by my love for these young people at the university who seemed to be having problems, and I really wasn't quite sure that it was coming from these versions, but I, I saw that there was a problem. Um, I looked in Matthew chapter 418, for Jesus uh, came to heal the brokenhearted, and that verse is completely omitted in the new versions. Uh, looked at something simple like be of good comfort in Luke chapter 8, entirely omitted. Um, the mercy of God, entirely omitted. As a matter of fact, the mercy seat, which is 53 times in the Old Testament, has been entirely omitted in the NIV. No more mercy seat in the NIV. So it's sort of some kind of a lid now. I don't know what kind of a lid it is. But, um, Mark chapter 3, power to heal the sick, completely omitted. Acts chapter 3, the lame man was healed, completely omitted in the NIV. Okay, now, they've created a caricature of God, I found, in the new versions. For instance, when we've got Ephesians, Jesus nurturing his church. Nurturing comes from the word nurse, as a mother would nurse her children, holding them lovingly. Okay, Or humble, 1 Corinthians 12, God nurtures us and he humbles us. Okay? In the new versions, it says discipline and humiliate. Now, can you imagine, imagine wanting to go to a God who was going to discipline and humiliate you? I can't imagine either. And now I see why those young ladies that I suggested go home and read their Bible would come back and they would be more depressed than they were when they left. Um, now, we're going to be looking at some of the omissions in new versions. And what you will find as we go through these omissions is that the omissions in the new versions serve to make the Bible accommodate other religions. Now, if you were a marketer, you would know that that would increase your market share. If you can include other religions, then you can sell more Bibles. If you can include every denomination, not just born-again Christians, but the liberal you know, seminaries and the liberal churches, if you can include everyone, obviously you can sell more Bibles. This is what's happened. Now, the main tenant of the new world religion is tolerance for the religious beliefs of others, all right? Um, so you could say the new world religion is inclusive. It includes everyone. As a matter of fact, it will even include Christians if you want to join, all right? Now, Christianity is exclusive. Jesus said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, all right? What you will see in these new versions is that they allow a broader kind of a definition. Now, looking up um, at these samples I've shown you here. A simple verse to teach a child is uh, 1 John 4, 14. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. 
Okay, all one-syllable words. But we have one Father, the Father, one Son, one Savior, and one world. Okay? Now, when we look in the new versions, NIV and NASB, you will see that they have a God, one of many, who sends a son or avatar um, with a message to each age. And so with the new versions, you will see a gospel, a message, a God, a son, a savior, and an age, rather than the God, the son, the savior, and the world. One way or many ways. Okay? Now, um, one question you might ask your friends or ask yourself is, do I have a holy Bible? Now, this is a cover of a new international version. Okay? And um, after collating it, I really didn't feel that I wanted to keep the rest of it, so, but I did keep the cover. Um, but it says Holy Bible on the cover. So let's do a little investigation and see if it, in fact, is a Holy Bible and if this is truth in advertising. Okay? Now, remember there was just one ark. Okay, there's just one Savior, one God, and there's also just one Bible, as you'll come to see. Now, notice the King James says holy men. Now, that comes from Peter, where it says holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. In other words, the scriptures came from holy men. When we look at the NIV, it just says men. At least they're honest, and they admit that they weren't holy men that wrote it. Uh, when we look at Matthew 25, we have the holy angels. Now, we know in 2 Peter there are angels that sinned. We know the angels, there are angels that left their first estate. Revelation talks about the devil and his angels. So all angels are not holy angels. And so we must distinguish the holy angels from the unholy angels. But I'm, I'm afraid the new versions don't do that. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 talks about the holy brethren. Okay, now, unfortunately, in Timothy it says, In the last days men shall be unholy. Well, no wonder they're unholy, because it doesn't say holy in front of brethren in their Bible, I'm afraid. Revelation 22.6, we have the holy prophets. Uh, first Peter, excuse me, Second Peter chapter 1 says there were false prophets among the people. So we must distinguish between holy prophets and false prophets. Now finally, we know God is holy. Okay? We read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we know the Bible is referred to in Romans and 2 Timothy as the holy scriptures. And so if God is holy, we can see his name there, Holy Ghost, several times. When we look at the new versions, it's simply spirit. Okay, Holy has been not completely removed from the new versions, but um, very often it's being removed from the new versions. Okay, Now, that last um, thing that we looked at, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, just recently, in the 50s and 60s, the oldest papyra in the world, attesting to the reading in John chapter 7, verse 38 through 45, that talks about the Holy Ghost, was discovered. It's called P66. Okay, they're carbon dating this, or dating this, I should say, rather, uh, about 180 A.D. So this is the very oldest copy of this portion of John that exists on earth, all right? Now, this was recently discovered. So those gentlemen who went to seminary or whose professors went to seminary before this collation came out would not be uh, you know, aware of this information. I'm afraid that many of the seminary professors and their students are simply behind the times with the collation of the papyra. But I want you to notice something here. The word um, spirit is the underlined word here. 
or not underlined, excuse me, there's a line above it. Okay, they always put a line above the names of deity in these old manuscripts. But above the word holy, you will see some little dashes. Those dashes are called obelisks. The obelisk was what, was what is called a critical mark from the Alexandrian school. Now this papyrus was found near Alexandria, Egypt. And that, those little dashes meant omit this. In other words, on the face, the original face of the oldest manuscript in the world attesting to this verse, it said Holy Spirit. And whoever was writing over this, or whoever was editing this, wanted to omit the word holy. So we can see that the King James Version, Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, is the original reading. And they wanted to omit the word holy, looking at those dashes above there. Okay. I would be surprised if the average seminary professor knows about that information. Okay. We're going to be looking at some tests for Antichrist. We're going to sort of put the Bible under, under a microscope just a little bit. And it's going to tell us what the true Bible is and what the false Bible is. It will give us the criteria. And the first test for Antichrist, or who's telling the truth or who's lying, uh, is given in 1 John chapter 2. It says, who is a liar? But he that denied that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist. Okay? So those who do not say Jesus is Christ are Antichrist. We will look at John chapter 4. The King James says, is not this the Christ? If I said to you, is, isn't that your wife? I'm expecting a positive response. Okay? The NIV says, this is not the Christ, is it? And if I said to you, that's not your wife, is it? You're expecting a negative response. Okay? Then you will see that the word Christ is omitted from Jesus' name. Thou art that Christ omitted in the living Bible. When we see the name Jesus, they're taking Christ away from his name. Now, uh, if you look in the Mexican phone book or the Texas phone book, you'll find lots of gentlemen named Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. That's a very special name. But putting Christ on the end indicated that he was the anointed Messiah. All right? And if you just said his name was Jesus, you weren't saying as much as when you said he was the Christ. Um, the King James says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. The New Version says, I can do all things through him. Who is the him? Okay, it's a generic Bible. The Buddhists could fill that in for themselves. And so we've just sold 10,000 more Bibles if we can sell them to the Buddhists. Romans 1, chapter 16, the gospel of Christ. We are warned about another gospel. If anybody come and preach another gospel, how do we distinguish our gospel from another gospel? We distinguish it because ours is the gospel of Christ. Okay, theirs is just another gospel. You will find that in the NIV and the NASB. Now, I have these two letters, et al, after most of these charts up here. Et al is simply Latin, and it means and others. Okay? This is not inclusive. It doesn't mean that every Bible version in the world omits these. But you will find, as a general rule, that this is what all Bible versions say other than the King James Bible, for the most part. Even when they do say, Lord Jesus... Um, many shall come and, and say, I called you Lord, okay? But they've taken off Christ from his name. Can everyone see that? Is that all? Okay. So I'm afraid they've, they've lost off first, on first base. Test one. Test two for Antichrist is, he is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. All right? Now the Muslims will say, uh, I re recall a Muslim gentleman coming up to me at Kent State University and he, 
I'd given him a Bible. I used to distribute Bibles there. I gave him a Bible, and he threw it back at me. And he said, you know, don't tell me that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. God can't have a son. And um, the, our Bible says that he did. But he's Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. And so when you look in the New Versions, where it says, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? John chapter 9. The New Versions simply say, Do you believe on the Son of Man? Okay. So he's not the Son of God anymore. Um, very important verse, Acts 8.37. Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Okay. That entire verse is omitted in all of the new versions, for the most part. Okay. The King James says that we are an heir of God through Christ. Okay. And only through Christ. The new versions omit through Christ. Now, they've got God, but they don't have the Son. Can you see they don't have the two together? God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Okay, that's an exclusively Christian notion that God created all things by Jesus Christ. Um, a, a Muslim or a Hindu would believe that God created all things, but they would not believe it was by Jesus Christ. And so we will see by Jesus Christ omitted in the new versions. Um, I could show you tons and tons more places, and I won't bore you showing you a million verses like that. But you can see, do you remember when the devil said to Jesus, when he took him up on the mountain, and he tempted him, and he said, if thou be the Son of God? There was a question mark. Was he the Son of God? Now, when you read um, um, the book of uh, Romans, I believe it is, and you're looking for Jesus Christ, you will find that he's missing in very many places in that book. Okay, then the third test for Antichrist is, has Jesus Christ come in the flesh? King James says, every spirit that confesses not, confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, 1 John 4, 3. Okay, those very words, Christ is come in the flesh. Okay, they've been completely omitted in the NIV, in the NASB, in all the new versions. In other words, the criteria for being antichrist, the criteria for being a deceiver, the very words, Christ is come in the flesh, are taken out. So what is an EMP shield device? It's a device you can put on your car and your house that in an EMP attack is supposed to stop the attack. And if you go to empshield.com, and if you use the promo code PROPHECY, they give you a $50 discount. They also have videos up there. Shows you how to install it on your car and your house and everything. And it's not difficult at all. I've got one of them right here. Red goes to red. Black goes to black. Green goes to the car, uh, body of your car. And you just peel it off the back, stick it under there. Got another device that goes on your house. So not complicated. Take you about 10 minutes to put them in. So empshield.com promo code is prophecy. Rule number one, make sure your name is written in the book of life. Rule number one, ask Jesus to forgive your sins. That's the most important thing, most important thing, most important thing. Number two, most important thing, whatever happens, do not take that mark of the beast. You take that mark of the beast, you can cut your hand off, you can chisel off your forehead, but you're going to spend all eternity with the beast, the false prophet, and a thousand years later, Lucifer joins them and all the other people that take the mark of the beast, and there is no hope of escape. You are tormented. 
That means you're in total pain. It means that your body, although it's not a body of flesh, whatever it is, your body is totally being burned for all eternity, and there is no stopping it. There is no escaping it. Whatever happens, you do not want to take that mark of the beast, which, by the way, I would recommend you go to prophecyclub.com and get my book, Miss the Mark. As a matter of fact, it's sold so much, we are, I think, now going into the fifth printing. This book is simple. It only takes about three hours to read. If you, It's designed to give to someone that's not a Christian, doesn't know Jesus, hadn't read the Bible. Give it to anybody out there. If they'll read the first few pages, they'll probably finish the book. If they finish the book, I don't care what God they used to have, they're not going to take that mark of the beast. <laughs> and chances are very strong they'll receive Jesus. So for that, I would send you to prophecyclub.com. One for 20, and you'll have to check and get the, I mean, the, whatever the other prices are. I will say this, they just went up substantially on our printing price. And so guess what? No surprise, we had to go up on our prices too. Uh, but nevertheless, not about money. It's about winning souls. <laughs> 